Thank you for downloading or podcasting this track. This recording has been remastered to provide the best sound possible given the audio environment of the original recording session. Mosaic Silver Spring is a faith community located just inside the Capitol Beltway in Montgomery County. For more information, please visit our website, www.mosaicsilverspring.org, and we'll see you in the neighborhood. Good morning. I'm Elise, and I'll be reading from the Epistle to the Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that in your grace and your mercy, you would open wide all of our hearts and minds to you this morning through your word, through the people around us, through Dan's message. We bless Dan to speak your words of truth and light and grace. And we ask that in all that we do, we would honor you and live according to the way you set for us. Amen. Thank you so much, Elise. All right. Not too long ago, NASA began publishing photographs from the new James Webb Telescope. And so I'm sure many of you by this point may have seen it come up on your social media, uh, on your social media feed. You might have seen this picture, which, looking at it, looks kind of cool, but without any frame of reference, might be like, oh yeah, that's a nice picture. But when compared to the previous photo, the best telescope prior to this James Webb telescope, you see a major difference in quality, right? There are definitely more images that you have seen. Uh, surely you have seen one where they compare and contrast and show the detail that can be captured through the new James Webb Telescope. And now you don't have to be a scientist at NASA to be uh, in wonder and amazement about this technological feat because the pictures themselves show us how vast and how beautiful our universe is. 
And even here today, as we see it on the screen, we can experience this vastness of our universe in full HD resolution. As we get to look at these photos, we get a small glimpse of something called the overview effect. You see, since the first time astronauts exited the atmosphere and even landed on the moon, they all shared in this common experience, the overview effect. It's literally that they went up so high that they could see over everything and they saw how small and insignificant everything was. You couldn't figure out where the U.S. ended and where Canada or Mexico began. And more than just seeing how small the planet was, it did something to them psychologically. Uh, Astronaut Edgar Mitchell recounts how being up at the moon made international politics look so petty to him. You think differently about the people and the world as a whole when you get that big picture. That perspective change redefines how you look at all of life. This overview effect, I think, is related, I believe, to what Paul is getting at here in this letter to the Romans. You see, he spent the first 11 chapters of his letter just expounding about the wonders of God's plan of salvation. The plan that was made reality through his son, Jesus Christ. And at the end of it, after speaking and waxing eloquently on God's plan of salvation, he just throws up his hands and says, Oh, the depths and the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments How unscrutable his ways. To him be the glory forever. Amen. That was the wonder that Paul was left with after recognizing and thinking deeply about what God is doing in this world and what he has already done through his son. You see, there is a spiritual overview effect that happens when we turn to God in faith. It's one that shapes the way that we look at the rest of life. It redefines how we prioritize things. But here's the difference between a spiritual overview effect and the ones that the astronauts themselves have faced. You see, for those who have landed on the moon, as impressive and amazing and a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience that is, it's... Literally, a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. You can't really go back easily as of now. You can try to recreate the experience through virtual reality, yet no matter how you try to tinker with the surroundings that you're in, you won't get that same effect again. Edgar Mitchell, the astronaut, will not get that same experience he had on the moon. Yet, for us as Christians, the spiritual overview effect is something that grows day by day because the best is yet to come. We have yet to fully experience the grandeur of knowing God, yet through the regular practice, through the habits that we form, by the habits of spiritual growth, we have the opportunity to gain a deeper understanding of God each step of the way. 
So that's what we'll be looking at for the month of August. Uh, We'll be looking at different habits or practices for us to follow so that we can grow and get a bigger sense of who God is and have that spiritual overview effect affect us. Today, we'll be looking at growing in service and and how we can use our gifts to benefit our community. And so to do that, I'll be looking at it in two points. One, the heart of service, and two, the practice of service. You see, in the beginning of chapter 12, Paul begins, again, like I said, pivoting away from uh, theological truth and starts turning towards what it means for us as Christians to live in faith. It is the application of the good news of Christ's death and resurrection summed up as this. I appeal to you, sisters and brothers, therefore, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good acceptable, and perfect. Again, I want to reiterate, he is essentially showing us this spiritual overview effect. True spiritual worship is no longer sacrificing animals at a temple. You do not present holy and acceptable uh, cattle to God anymore. Instead, we use our whole being. We orient all aspects of our lives so that we can be a living sacrifice to God, so that we can know and do the will of God, as it says in verse 2. In light of this, what is the first thing that Paul challenges the church to do? He says, serve one another. In verse 4, he says, use the gifts that God has given you to serve and care for the church the body of Christ. And so I want to pause here and emphasize the fact that service, serving, giving of ourselves is not just an addition to your spiritual life. It is not just an optional uh, task for you to do. It is essential. It is a part of what it means to be a Christian. The Christian life is not just a relationship between us and God, though it involves that. It is A life recognizing that God has brought you in to his kingdom, his community of faith. And so as we commit to God in faith, we commit ourselves to one another. There is another caveat that Paul introduces before getting into what it means to serve. He says for us, starting in verse 3, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of themselves more highly than they ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. Sober judgment is important because the grading rubric for Christian service is not how many hours you put into it. It is not achieving the hundred hours of community service to God and fulfilling your hours and getting it checked off and signed. 
It's not about how many events you've attended at church or how many times you've come to community groups. It is measured, the rubric for Christian service is first measured about the way that we view ourselves and one another. It's a part of the renewal of our minds, part of the sober judgment that Paul speaks of is resisting the tendency to think that we are better than others. One thing that I have been challenged and encouraged by is the amount of skill and talent that we see here at Mosaic, whether it is the musicians, whether it is those who are serving in various forms, we have skilled and excellent people in our midst. Yet it can be a temptation to think that our skills make us better than others. Sometimes we might not outright think that we are better than others, yet pride can creep into our lives by the way we serve through pitying or patronizing one another. We can take a good desire of helping others. It is a good act to help and serve, yet twist it to think that those that we are serving are beneath us. We can do the right acts, yet not acknowledge that our neighbors are equal. The help may then become condescending. True service requires us to not judge others based on their education, their socioeconomic status, their possessions, but instead to be seen through the dignity given to all of those who are made in the image of God. The people sitting next to you, behind you, in front of you are women, men, children who are made in the image of God and therefore deserve our attention, our care, and honor. True spiritual worship through service needs to start with assessing our own hearts. There is another way that we might think too highly of ourselves, and it might fit in with uh, our area because we love to um, sometimes overcommit And thinking that we have a bigger bandwidth that we have and seeing the need that is there, we might try to give of ourselves so much to the point that it comes at a cost to ourselves and to our family in a way that is not worship, but maybe coming from a different source or thought beneath that. Maybe we think that it's up to us to make things right or else all things will fall apart. Maybe we think that we can handle more and that any compromise is just collateral damage along the way. True spiritual worship assesses our gifts, assesses us humbly, and assesses ourselves realistically, recognizing our own limitations. We must turn away from the ways that we measure ourselves highly and instead soberly recognize our standing before others and before God and instead love others. So what does that look like in practice? What does it look like to serve one another as a church? Uh, Lately, we've been getting into a binge of watching home renovation shows. There are plenty to choose from. 
Uh, but a lot of times, whether you're watching Dream Home Makeover or uh, Property Brothers or, you know, there's a million to choose from, uh, one thing that is kind of formulaic is that you see the uh, homeowners and the designers sitting in this room dreaming about what the space can be, and it looks so great and so perfect, but then all of a sudden, there's a pipe in the middle of the wall that you're trying to take down. There is uh, an exposed roof, or the wall is load-bearing, meaning that if you tear it down, the whole house will collapse. There are so many different problems that can come up when renovating a home because there are so many unique problems that come with each space depending on how it was maintained. I bring that up because when we talk about the, the act of serving one another in this community, there are many different ways that we can serve one another. There are many things that can be addressed as a church community. It may be unique uh, to Mosaic. There are issues that may be unique to Mosaic that other churches might not face, and vice versa. There might be other issues that other churches might face that Mosaic may not. I think Paul kind of understands that as well. Think about uh, here how he ends this portion of Romans, starting from verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, to the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts or encourages in his encouragement or exhortation, the one who contributes or shares in generosity, the one who leads or manages with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. You see, in listing the gifts that God gives to his church to use for the building up, you see Paul highlighting some formal roles, proclaiming the truth, yet thrown into the mix is the encouraging, the leadership or management, the sharing. Are you a good sharer? That is a gift that could be used to benefit the church. These are all equally acts of service that is spiritual worship to God because in those broad strokes, it can serve the church in ways that might not fit a typical cookie-cutter setting. May that be an encouragement to us because we do not need to wait for a title or a formal position or a role to begin the habit of serving one another. And before we get lost in what each and one of these gifts mean that Paul speaks of, let's just focus on the fact that he is saying, use your abilities, whether you have honed them throughout your life or whether God has just instilled that in you, you can use your gifts to meet the needs of the church. May we know one another deeply so that we can know how to meet the needs of our church. As we practice this habit of serving one another, there is more than just a thus saith the Lord and we are just doing what we are supposed to. This is kind of where the overview effect comes in full circle. The habit of serving one another is essential because in it, you can have a small taste of the way that God has already served you. 
and serving others. You model Christ, yes, but you also take a step forward in the renewal of your mind and gain a deeper appreciation for the work that Christ has already done for us. That is because it was Jesus who, in sober judgment, willingly came down onto this earth. It was Jesus who, knowing the will of his Father, his good and perfect will, denied himself and said, not my will, but yours be done. It was this Jesus who became the sacrifice for our sin, dying on the cross for our selfishness and pride so that we can truly live. And it is in the living, resurrected Jesus that we have hope and security that we are being transformed, we are being renewed as members of Christ's church, his body. So whether you serve in seemingly mundane ways or participate in some formal leadership capacity, you are not only blessing others in your service, but you have the opportunity to experience and think about the God who is actively still even today serving you. So, as some of you may wake up at 8 a.m. in the morning to set up the welcoming table, remember Jesus who often worked in secret, where only God was glorified without the approval of others. So as you organize an event and have to plan out every little detail, remember the God who is at work making all things new. So as you say hello and welcome someone new and get, take the time to get to know them, remember Jesus who took on humanity and knows and empathizes with our weakness. So as you do acts of mercy to your neighbor, remember Jesus who owed you nothing but gave up his life for you. So as you stay up late preparing for a CG lesson, remember Jesus who toiled to open your eyes from spiritual darkness. And as you work through interpersonal conflict with one another as a church, remember Jesus who died so that he can call enemies friends. Church, may we practice this habit of service so that we can scratch the depth uh, the surface of the depth of love that God has shown us in Jesus and he, that he continues to pour out on us here and now today. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your son. We thank you that, God, by faith, we can have access as your children and that by faith... You have called us into a community, one that we serve, yet in it, one that we can just get a deeper understanding of who you are. God, I pray that we can view serving one another as essential. Let us be creative in the ways that we care for one another as we know one another better and more deeply. God, give us grace to model you not because we need to earn your favor, but because it is already won through the work of your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's